0: welcome to you are loved a podcast with open conversations about healing after suicide and suicide prevention join me as we discuss how you can heal after losing a loved one to suicide discover how others found hope again in their moments of darkness and how you can truly scatter hope to those who need it most of all when you do you can save their life i'm your host crystal partney i am a best-selling author speaker and suicide grief coach Together, we can heal. Remember, you are loved. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of You Are Loved. My guest today is Dr. Anna Esbraham. Anna, welcome. Thank you.
1: I'm so excited to be here and talking to you again, Crystal. Uh, Your podcast is amazing. I'm so excited for you at the start of this.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I know it's been one of those things that... You can be so terrified to even do something like this and yet feel so fulfilled at the same time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you just you just go for it. You just you're just like, you know, you need to do it and you know, you need to help people in this way. And so, yeah, it is scary and it is kind of freaky when you put yourself out there. But it is so important to share your story. And and I think other people resonate with that.
0: Well, thank you so much for your support and being a guest. Yes, I, I, am, I, t- I absolutely agree. It's I've had tremendous feedback from all the listeners and you know other guests that have decided to come on. And it's just been, like I said, it's been such a, a joy and a privilege to be able to do something like this and be able to have that impact in a positive way that I know we need right now, especially with everything that's going on and, and all the, the negativity and, and just life. Right. And so I'm, I'm happy to, to share my, my insight and to have you on as a guest and just thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And I, I was even thinking, I was like, man, I wish a lot of, I treat a lot of, you know, kids and adults as well. But I see a lot of kids in the, in the medical center that I work at in pain. And a lot of them do have suicidal ideation. So we do have to do suicide screens on every single patient that walks in the door and, um, a majority of our kids, they do have a lot of mental health concerns and can be actively suicidal, especially because they are in chronic pain. And so I just, I, I don't know if they're super interested in podcasts but I'm just like, ah, you got to listen to
0: this. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Send them, send them my way. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I, it's again, we're, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but September is suicide prevention month. And so my my heart and soul is like, okay, let's let's talk about prevention. Let's focus on that. And there is of course the aftermath if you have experienced that and just I want to just talk just a second on that in regards to my own story. And yes, we're in suicide prevention month as we're talking and recording this right now. But I just wanted to let those people that are listening that have been affected like I have in the aftermath to just know that you're not forgotten. It's so important that, yes, all the focus and the energy is on prevention as it should be, but just know that your story still matters and that, again, you're not forgotten. And any way that I can help, please reach out. I'd love to support you in that way. But um, Anna, let's turn the floor back over to you. And I—I've known you from the summit that you so graciously came on in July. But for those people that don't know you and aren't familiar with you, please go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Yeah. So I am a physician. I'm actually. I wear a couple different hats um, because I have several board certifications, and I have um, training in pediatrics, in integrative and functional medicine, medical acupuncture, clinical hypnosis, aromatherapy, medical intuition, um, and then headaches and pain. And so that's you know where I'm really coming from because I. It's also National Pain Awareness Month too. Isn't oh, it? I didn't know that. This is perfect timing. doing Oh, that. yes. <laughs> the doing stars have aligned. <laughs> doing the recording in September uh, 2022. So both suicide prevention and pain awareness. And we're going to talk about the two today. Yes. Um, so basically where I am coming from is I dealt a lot with chronic conditions that weren't otherwise treated greatly well with conventional medical care and that's why I went out and sought all these different therapies and that's why I got board certified and all these different um, um, medicines that are kind of on the holistic side that really, really improved my quality of life and helped me heal from both autoimmune disease and uh, chronic pain among other things, I had so many other health conditions too. But why I want to talk about chronic pain so much, especially on your podcast, is because so many people with chronic pain do have active suicidal ideation. So it could be up to 50%. The studies do vary. So anywhere from uh, 10% to about 50% of people with chronic pain. So one in 10 people do try and commit suicide who have chronic pain. And And I really want to hone in on this because a lot of times, at least what the research shows, and then from my experience, is that when we have chronic pain, we don't think there is a way out. Um, We become isolated. um, So our interpersonal relationships kind of go to the wayside and we feel alone and we feel like there is no hope because we've tried so many different medications. Um, we've tried so many different therapies or procedures and nothing's helped. And so then maybe a doctor or maybe a healthcare practitioner tells you, um, yeah, you're just going to have to live with it. You're just going to have to accept it. You're just going to have to figure out how to function. And, and that is hard. To hear because number one, it's also not true because even though chronic pain is so complex, it you can heal from chronic pain, and it's interesting because you don't even have to have tissue damage from chronic pain. Um, it really could all originate. Um, in the brain. It could mean that the nervous system pathways, all the pain pathways are overactive and all your pain pathways that stop the pain are underactive. And what's even more interesting is that our emotional stress, our emotional pain, all those pathways are on the same pathways anatomically and from cell to cell signaling are the same as the pain pathways. And so you really can't take those apart. They're intermingled together. So when we have trauma early in childhood, for example, even if it's a small trauma, even if like a teacher, you know, said, you know, we weren't smart enough at math, or, you know, we had kids in school that didn't like us, or, you know, a parent maybe that worked too much and and wasn't there for us, you know, all those could be a trauma to us, it's all based on our perception and what we need um, both as a child and also as we grow up. And so pain is so complex, it's it's biologic, it's psychologic, it's social, so interpersonal relationships, that's huge. And then um, it's also uh, spiritual. And, and that's, I do wanna talk a little bit about all of those things today on this podcast But the main point of this entire interview today is that you can heal from chronic pain. You just need the right tool, the right person to help you get there. And I was there in those shoes, um, when I had chronic pain and I, I tried a whole bunch of different, you know, conventional therapies. I tried a whole bunch of different integrative and functional medicine therapies, um, massage, acupuncture supplements, nutritional changes, um, all these different medications, trigger point injections, nerve blocks, you, you know, you name it. And, yeah. and I was still in severe chronic pain pain just burning fire all over you know all over my body and so yeah that does lead you to have these suicidal thoughts like oh i don't want to live like this
0: right there has to be another way there has to be something out there that can treat this right you're just in that i I think i'm as you're speaking and i'm thinking of my husband he's he's in chronic pain all the time for his back and he in the military he actually threw out his back And it has never been the same. So I'm so glad we're having this conversation. (laughs)
1: Yes, good. Because so many more people than we know are affected by chronic pain. In fact, what's even more interesting is we always think of adults being in chronic pain. Up to uh, 40% of kids can be in chronic pain. Wow. Yes. I never knew that, too, as a pediatrician. I never knew that until I started getting um, headache and pain training. And I, I was just aghast at how many kids were in pain. And I was like, this is crazy. I mean, these kids should be living life and happy. They right, no- and
0: being <laughs> a kid and having fun. And, yes. And they're not because they're in so much pain. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I Yeah, I had no idea. Is Not to blanket it, but is there is it from trauma is it uh, oh, like you said it's complex so it's not like this one size fits all like Right. So yes, it's trauma or yes, it's something else. But is there a pattern that you're seeing among? Yeah, children?
1: yeah, yeah, there actually is. And and it's actually been studied um, oftentimes when these kids are presenting to our pain clinics or headache clinics, there are specific risk factors. And definitely one of them is an adverse childhood event, which is called an ace. Um, and so that's been really well studied and how a lot of these kids who go through, um, different difficult or adverse situations, trauma, for example, um, abuse, whether it be emotional, sexual or physical, um, they can develop increased risk of chronic pain. Mm. Number two. Now, this has been studied by a woman in Toronto, and she's amazing. And she found out that when babies like if they get circumcised, or if they get a lot of heel sticks in the hospital or have a bad um, uh, reaction or just don't do a shot very well. They just have, they've been held down to get a vaccine, for example. Now this creates new and more active pain pathways as they grow older. So they're at, more at risk for having chronic pain. So that's another another risk factor. Um, other risk factors are more of our personality um, factor so one who is a highly sensitive person or an empath. we take on a lot of other people's emotions or pain and so then therefore we do feel more pain. Number two is people pleasing. So trying to impress, everyone else but ourselves, um, really, um, disconnecting from who we are so we can make sure we fit into, you know, this society. Um, and number three is also being a worrier like anxiety, having, an
0: right. right? Worry driven and anxiety driven.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then perfectionism so we can never achieve perfection. And so um, it leads to chronic pain as well. Um, and so those are just some of those more emotional type uh, risk factors, but there's also biologics so there's genetics. So um, we do have different um, receptors in our body that um, are epigenetically changed from generation to generation um, just because of how we inherited our genes. And so they can get more active based on our environment. Um, and then of course another issue is if we've taken like people who've had cancer or who've gone through chemotherapy um that actually um causes nerve damage some of those chemotherapeutics cause nerve damage certain medications can cause nerve damage and so you're more at risk for chronic pain doesn't mean you'll always be having chronic pain um and then trauma like a physical trauma mm-hmm. So sometimes um, a physical trauma can later on develop into a chronic pain issue because of that trauma. So like, say your husband threw out his back. Well, that is an inciting factor, but all those other factors, like all the trauma, the potential for having like bad, you know, immunization shots when you're a kid and then having a people pleasing disposition and perfectionist disposition. And then all of a sudden you get this physical trauma and then boom, you can develop, you know, chronic pain out of just something so small, like bending over and picking up a toolbox or something. And so, so it's interesting how kind of chronic pain manifests but there's also one more thing i do want to tell you that i just learned from a physical therapist is also how we move our bodies and so it's our gait pattern and it's our um our posture so all the habits the physical movement habits that we have on a daily basis um can also contribute to musculoskeletal pain so it's it's a lot as you can see and there's one more risk factor that a lot of people don't talk about. We talk more about the emotional risk factors, and it's about the spirituality side of things. And this is really when we become disconnected with our true authentic selves um, as we you know, grow up, for example, and we're trying to do what everyone else wants us to do. And we have this very different path laid out for us um, that our spirit our true gifts you know really need to manifest in this world so we can share you know our true gifts with the world and so when we become disconnected with who we are our spiritual selves um pain is a message and so it's like our spirit is giving us a little message telling us we're on the wrong path for me it manifested in um i needed to leave a certain job or i needed to get out of a toxic environment or i needed to stop achieving so much for everyone else and start achieving for me and and so that played a big role into my chronic pain and and what the message um was laid out for me so so there you have it that is kind of a really basic rundown of a lot of the triggers and the risk factors for pain, um, especially chronic pain um, that a lot of people may not know about.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness, Anna. There's so many directions that we could take this, right? (laughs) That's fascinating. I do want to touch on the spiritual side of it because, like you said, it's something that you wouldn't have normally thought about and considered that that absolutely plays a factor factor in the chronic pain that you are experiencing and I can relate because as you know I've throughout the week and just even recently I've I have I have had chronic pain I have had pain and I'm just like where is this coming from what's what's going on in my life that is is sort of manifesting this pain because I remember our conversation from before on the summit and I was like okay Anna said this and what this isn't just, it didn't just manifest itself today. It's because of what happened three days ago or a week Mm -hmm. ago. And so I'm trying to go back and it was like, oh, okay. It was because I put so much on my plate and I didn't know how to slow down and rest and pause and make time for the things that I really enjoy and, when I'm enjoying those things that I love, like my family, I'm not present because I'm constantly thinking, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do X, Y, Z. And so just having you speak, I was like, yes, okay. I can see myself (laughs) in the conversation and man, is it insightful. (laughs) Well,
1: and, and seriously, I have to keep myself in check all the time too. And this is like a daily work that I even have to do as well. And I have all the tools, right. But it still means that I have to do it. And, right. <laughs> it's and, like, oh, I still have to do it. <laughs> so, like, I think it was a couple weeks ago when I got a little bit of a pain jab. I think it was in my neck and my shoulder. And um, all the time, anytime that jab comes on, I know it's going to turn into chronic pain if I don't immediately and, and sit down and work through the processing of it. Now, this is important to talk about because this is where um, people get into trouble when they start healing their chronic pain is. The emotional work needs to be done the same as the spiritual work. So we can't become spiritual being beings without working through our emotions, because our emotions are also our uh, a way that the spirit communicates with us <laughs> as well. OK, is through our emotions. And we have tons of emotions all day long in reaction to the events that occur now, um, just because I know I'm highly attuned to my emotions now and that does not mean that I easily can take care of them in an instant. I have to sit down and meditate and write out my, what's going on? Why am I having these negative emotions? I have to do a little meditation, go into my body, find out where this emotion lies, what's behind the emotion. Um, If I'm angry, What's behind that emotion? Is it fear? Is it guilt? So I have to really drill down deeply because we like to feel things. um, We have feelings like on top of the feelings that we don't want to feel. So sometimes we feel anger when we really feel sad and hurt, right? Mm -hmm. We feel angry when we're afraid because we don't want to feel afraid. And so we, we like to feel angry instead. And so really, we have to work through these emotions every day because they can internalize in our physical bodies and um, really sit in the subconscious and percolate into chronic physical symptoms, such as chronic pain, or it could be other, you know, types of chronic uh, health symptoms and um, besides pain and so i really do like it was a couple weeks ago i was having some anxiety because i um, was starting a new program and i was working you know many jobs and i i was overwhelmed and i was just doing too much i wasn't being present with myself and that's why i was developing this little pain jab in my neck and shoulder and so i really <laughs> had to sit down for a couple hours and breathe through it work through the emotions process the emotions um, in whatever way i do which 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 is, for me, it's typically meditation. Now, for most people, especially when they have chronic pain and a history of trauma, or a lot of emotions or flashbacks and memory patterns that are negative, that come up, typically meditation is not something I would recommend to start off with first. So the tips I usually recommend is when you're starting off with um, uh, trying to process and heal chronic pain, Through emotional processing and spiritual processing, is starting off with nervous system safety. Because why did we bury those emotions in the first place? Well, we didn't feel safe enough to deal with it, right? Right. So then it becomes internalized into our body and it gets buried deep. So now, It's been building up for so long, it's going to be one volcanic eruption after another because there's a lot of stuff in there. And it can be very painful dealing with that emotional outburst that can occur. And so we have to do it very slowly and very carefully. And some of what I typically do is like a lot of... um, um, grounding techniques, visualization techniques, flooding the body with a lot of positive inspirational messages and emotions, and doing a little bit of hypnosis visualization in a safe base, doing um, emotional freedom technique by tapping on some acupuncture points and just recognizing emotions um, through, uh, if, have you read um, Esther Hit. I think it's esther hicks's books um she embodies abraham and talks about the emotional power and the manifestation power that you have anyway she wrote one book on um the power of emotions and it's about this emotional spiral and it helps you look at all the emotions that occur all the positive all the way down to the negative negative. and it really helps to kind of look at that emotional spiral so that you can really dive deep into what emotion Naming to tame, you know, what emotion is inside the body so that when you're doing either emotional freedom technique, tapping um, those acupuncture points, whether you're doing a grounding and a safe space visualization technique, you can feel very safe while working through and understanding the emotions that are buried deep within. So you really have to develop some empowerment techniques before you go on to just full-on meditation um, and easily doing like a inner child meditation and and doing a couple different meditations that help you process the emotions on a daily basis. Um, so at first, you really have to start with like the nervous system safety techniques while um, working through those yeah difficult um buried emotions
0: and to your point anna i i know that especially like you said we've experienced trauma and if you're listening to this podcast chances are you have experienced that trauma of either you know having the suicidal thoughts or you've lost a loved one like i have to suicide and make no mistake, of course, that's traumatic. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned that, that we do need to start on a cellular level first, before we go into something like meditation, because of the fact that it, I loved your visualization of the volcano, because it's like, Uh (laughs) aha yes yes I can relate (laughs) yeah I've erupted
1: a few times so this is how I learned
0: (laughs) right it's like oh this is how we how we typically learn right it's like oh okay what happened just a second ago
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, yes I've been there guys I have totally been there and another thing too especially when we're in you know, the deep depths of despair, because I was, I I mean, I was there and I was just burying deeper and deeper. And, and um, the moment I kind of broke free was I just broke down and totally surrendered to that feeling of despair and, and just asked to my God, um, who, you know, whoever it is for you, source, the universe, I just, please help me. And I said it over and over and over again. And it was, I don't know how much long afterward, but I I almost, I just felt so much better. I voiced it out loud. Um, I became aware of it. And when I said it out loud, it was like almost everything shifted for me. It wasn't like I was immediately better, but then all of a sudden help started coming to me. Um, I I got a spiritual coach that had an opening and who was booked out for years and didn't have an opening. And so I worked with a spiritual coach and then um, talked to my husband about making some changes. And I I mean, everything just started really shifting when I just broke down, surrendered to the despair and just asked for help out loud. Um, And so I I think that's the first uh, start of getting well.
0: Yeah. And I completely can relate because just vulnerably sharing this, this week, actually I, I did, I was like, I don't know, I don't know how to keep going at this pace and just sharing that with my husband. And he immediately said, Crystal, you have to pause, like you, you have to pause. You have to, you know, take some deep breaths and stop. Whatever it is that you're doing right now and just get safe first off and, and start to breathe through that. And by me, just even vocalizing that and getting it out of my head and to, and sharing that with somebody that I trusted. And I, of course, my husband, and just being able to share that felt so relieving. And to your point, Anna, it was like, wow, okay, that feels better (laughs) because you're no longer holding this I don't even want to call it a secret, but that's kind of, in some ways it does feel like that, right? Because you're just like, oh, I can't tell anybody and it's like, I got to keep this inside. And it's like, no, no, that's the, the opposite of what I've learned to do is in those moments of, of whatever it is that I'm feeling, especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed, especially when I'm feeling like I can't do whatever it is. Like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep up this pace that's when it becomes critical that I reach out and I share that with someone that I, of course, feel safe with and that I trust. And my husband, of course, is that person.
1: Yeah. And it's always, it's always okay to make that change. And it really means you do need to set a time and time and set that aside for yourself, even though it's so hard, cause I know um, society and our careers and our businesses need so much time and so much energy from us. But um, I had to make that same decision. I had to pause and stop. And I really, I literally had to start taking care of myself like hours a day. And and that's just what my body needed. And so, And it was hard for me to do because that's what I wasn't used to. I'm a physician, I'm used to taking care of everyone else not me.
0: Right. And as a mom, and it's just like, Nope, everybody else gets top shelf. And it's like, No, this isn't. And we've all heard it before, right? It's like, if mom is not happy, nobody's happy. But that's this is something different, right? This yes. is very much. I don't want to say like, um, what am I trying to say? I, I don't want to say like it's this all or nothing approach. Like it's, it's every little bit helps and we get into our minds of saying like, well, I can't do that. Or we tell these stories and it's just not true. Right.
1: Yeah. There's no way out unless I do it this way. And mm-hmm. our, the, the I mean, even the pain and the depression and the, the suicidal ideation, that's all just a message that no, there is a way out, there is a different way, you just can't see it. And so that's why it's so important to ask for that help, to surrender to what you're feeling and ask for that help because there is always a way out and it's gonna be so much better and you are just gonna love you know, what happens when you decide to make that change for yourself. And And it's scary. Yeah, don't get me wrong, it is so scary. Because if you think about it, I mean, we've been kind of codependent on, you know, ga- gaining everyone else's um, uh, opinions of us and and de- codependent on this hard work and this effort of giving to everyone else so that we can survive and succeed and thrive when that's not necessarily the truth. And the, the truth is That when we take care of ourselves and come back to who we are and really be present with our spirit, um, our true essence, then it's so much easier and so life-giving for everyone else just by being who we are, not by doing, it's by being who we are. And when we shift that energy, then the whole world shifts around us and we and I don't know how to explain it but it's just that success comes we don't have to be codependent on like tearing ourselves apart in order to give to others in order to succeed in the way that everyone else wants us to succeed and and but it it is a scary uh, uh shift and I've had to make multiple scary shifts so I'm kind of I'm getting used to it but it still is very scary every time I make that transition
0: Right. You're just like, okay, I'm going to do it. It's, it's, it has to happen. And that was something that, you know, my husband made very clear to me, just as we were talking and he's like, you, you have to, make these shifts, Crystal, you have to. It's absolutely necessary. And so again, this this conversation couldn't have come at a better time. So it, it's divinely connected for sure. <laughs>
1: Isn't that funny? Just both like the pain awareness and the and the Suicide Prevention Month and then going through uh, what you're going through right now. And yeah, I'm always here for you if you need me too. And especially if anyone out there, I mean, if you are struggling with chronic pain, I am working with women right now in a a chronic pain group coaching program called Pain-Free Life Academy, where I teach you all the techniques and the tools to heal from chronic pain, um, even if you've tried everything. And so if you really just need to talk, I do have a free um, little session that I can do with you, um, and we can kind of work through some things and see where you need to go, um, because I've been through it. I'm also an integrative pain doc. I'm a chronic pain coach, and so I know what it's like, Um, and I've been there. And you can find me at... um, health is power.com. Um, well, I'm also on Instagram, um, at health underscore is underscore powher. So it's P O W H E R because I am focused on women, empowering women, um, with a lot of chronic health issues, um, currently chronic pain. And so I'd be happy to talk to you, reach out, just, there's no pressure. There's no judgment, um, on my end. Um, and, and that's just the first step. So I sincerely would be happy to help anyone who
0: can reach out. Well, thank you so much, Anna, And I'll make sure to put that in the show notes so that people can get connected with you. As we sort of wrap things up, I could talk to you for hours and hours. <laughs> what in, how do you feel loved? When you know, like, okay, this is how I feel loved and everything that we've talked about is is a testament to that. But what are some of the ways that you know that you feel loved?
1: Yeah. So when I take time for myself and give myself that gift of time and presence, when I want to do the things that I love, truly love, that that like i just get flooded with the emotion of love i mean just the other day like you and me both were just kind of crazy you know, working all the time. And, and, um, I was just like, oh my gosh, I am not loving myself because I haven't really been present with myself. I've been overworking and, and I had to sit down and do my little paint by number, my meditation, my self-care, my Epsom salt bath, and finally get back into my routine, um, which is usually every morning and every
0: night where I really take the time out just to be with me. Mm Mm-hmm. That is fantastic, and to your point, I I love that you said that you'd be with you as a mom of two small children in this season of my life. And it's interesting because my friends and everybody, you hear it all the time, wake up before your children, even if it's just like 10 minutes, so that you get to wake up as you. And it's interesting because when the last couple of mornings when I have done that, it's like, oh, oh, there I am, <laughs> I get a wake up as Crystal, and I, it's a little thing, but it just makes the world of difference. So I can relate to you when you said you get a wake up as you, and you get to spend some time with you instead of all these many hats and things that you're doing. So I appreciate you saying that and sharing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Well, Anna, thank you so much. And one more time, how can people connect with you?
1: So I'm at
0: healthispower.com
1: and um, I'm also, I have my own podcast too. If you're interested, we're doing a lot of um, chronic pain and autoimmune issues um, and uh, women's wellness issues as well. So I'm over on healthispower.com podcast, iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. And I'm also over on Instagram and Facebook, um, but really I do probably a lot more on Instagram um, right now.
0: Oh, that's so fun. Okay, like I said, we'll be sure to put that in the notes so you can take a look. Well, thanks again, Anna. I'm just truly grateful for our blossoming friendship and just, I just love you.
1: <laughs> love you
0: too, Crystal. Thank you. Okay, take care. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of the You Are Loved podcast. For more information about suicide prevention, be sure to check out owlintothistle.com. That's owl as in the bird. Hoo And if you're coping with the loss of a loved one due to suicide, we've been there too. And for more information, check out our sister company found at scatteringhope.com. Please like and subscribe to this program to stay current with all of our episodes and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Owl and Thistle or Scattering Hope. As always, remember, you are loved.